Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 407 with your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. I am your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 407. So each week, we spend around 20 to 30 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry. Let's do a quick recap of our weekly live TV show this week in hospitality marketing, which airs every Friday at 1130 a.m. Eastern U.S. time on the Hospitality Channel TV station. So with that, let's get started. And now, today's new resource tool. So our tools for review are two, and two shall be the tools we review. (laughs) Sorry, trying to do a little Monty Python rendition from the Holy Grail. Anyways, the Holy Hand Grenade thing. Um... We have, at times, brought these two tools up, and we're not trying to just recycle through tools. It is is we improve upon the value proposition of these tools from one topic and context to another, and these have come through in a different way for a different purpose and a different value. The first one I would like to point out is a platform we have talked about before, which was very revolutionary uh, when we introduced it and also very powerful uh, since we've been using it, even more so as we've gotten to use, realize more how to use it. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Delve, D-E-L-V-E dot A-I. Delve, fascinating tool on pursuing and development. Um, what it allows you to do, one of the, the, if not the biggest value of what it allows you to do is by connecting it to your analytics. Uh, and it's GA4 compatible as well. It will go and look at your traffic engagement and from its engagement and from the data that you're collecting about these people now, so more so even with GA4, it creates personas. If you're not familiar with the term, personas are a hypothetical accumulation of facets of people's persona, their, their, their individual identities that are generalized. It's not me, Lauren Gray, that you're looking at as a customer. You're looking at me, my gender, my age, my economic condition, my my geographic, my family considerations, my purchasing behavior, my history behavior. And a lot of that comes from the ability of pulling in several different sources of third-party data that also have anonymized the individuals, but have left the residual as to the collaboration of the data in comparison to other factors like geography. If I'm located in Chicago, and I'm searching from Chicago, which is data that your website accumulates, then it allows me to be gathered geographically with the demography information that is used from other platforms that this platform Delve uses. We'll get more on the usability of it in the near future, but in our technique discussion, but right now, Delve.ai is an incredibly powerful, plugged-in capable. It will not only create personas based on your website engagement, but it'll also give you great insights as to your social engagement. It'll connect to your social accounts and help to find data about them as well in generalized terms, non-specific to CCPR, GPA compliant, all that kind of stuff. And also look at your competitors, very powerful insights. And in general, your web analytics in a very 
fun cotton candy UI way. I like it uh, when it comes to explaining things to clients. I don't use it for analytics and for certainly no uh, um, forecasting and modeling and so forth other than just reaffirmational. But it's a great visual way of showing device types, abandonment types, uh, flow types, things that visually need to be explained because it's not the foray of the people you're talking to, but they need to understand it in ways that they can make decisions on. So a uh, very powerful tool when it comes to that as well. That is Delve.ai. The second tool we mentioned back when we were talking about personas, actually, and we have come to realize the real value of using this as a marketing development tool, and that is PowerPersonas.com. PowerPersonas.com allows you to define with the data that you already have who you think, based on your data source, you are targeting towards. It helps you categorize, classify, clarify, whatever other C words I can throw into that pile, of who it is you're looking to do. So imagine this from an executive level committee in your in your property. You sit down, you have a clean whiteboard, you say, all right, guys, we're going to talk about the month of December. And you have your exec team in there. Maybe you have more team members in there than just your exec team. And you're going to ask them who, your sales team are going to talk about groups and, and Smurf business that they gather most likely, um, how, how strong the weddings demand is, the holiday demand, the office party demand, the, the corporate demand, the, whatever those things are. That's sales. Okay, they're going to give those perspectives of those people. And then you're going to have the perspective from the front desk or the operations teams as to we see a lot of families this or not families that. Uh, this is the people that attend our buffets if we have buffets and so forth. And you begin to create this lists and categories of things that are related to the people that come to your resort in December. This platform, PowerPersonas.com, allows you to take all of that, define it into certain categories that they're asking you for, and it literally will create a persona about the person that you are talking about in ways of age, in ways of, of income and family status and where they come from and so forth. And it'll put it together and begin to tell you their brand affinities, their marketing interests, their their compelling reasons for uh, deciding on hotels, their time windows of hotels that they tend to look for picking up, and what they look for and are they price sensitive or not price uh, sensitive, their, their brand affinities when it comes to if they're wanting to keep a certain image because of the brands that they purchase or that they're very affinity-based to certain brands, that lends to what you're selling as to whether you also as a product relate to that brand and if it fits that persona. Really fun, really constructive, really helpful in helping your team coalesce a, pers- a vision of who this persona is. And it's just not one. It actually is many because you're only picking one at a time. But sales will create a persona of people that are engaged with group business with them. Uh, your desk for transient business. Uh, your desk for or your operations team for corporate business. Each one has a unique persona. Where do they come from? What companies do they tend to work with? Where are they in the stage of life? Where are they with their, their responsibilities to the company? At what ranking and level in their management and or just are they service providers or what have you? All of this creates a map for your team. And these tools are incredibly valuable in that process. So recapping the tools of our discussion today is delve.ai, which is D-E-L-V-E dot A-I, and powerpersonas.com, P-O-W-E-R-P-E-R-S-O-N-A-S.com. And those are our tools of the week. Now for this week's hospitality technique. 
As always, technique follows tools. Tools are about the technique. And our technique this week is how to define top-line revenue goals with just market data. It's a lofty combination. Um, all too often in the world of those that have to do with this, and if I'm speaking to you revenue managers and to you operations leads, GMs, regionals, what have you, uh, and marketing and salespeople, usually the tail wags the dog with this. Revenue managers dictate the conversation. They spout their five key criterias, rates, occupancies, pace, demand, comp sets. It's all about historical numbers. What rates did we get last year? Why did we get the rates we did last year? Who came in segment-wise for the rate codes that were being offered between the transient, the corporates, the wholesales, consortia, so forth? What are our feeders? Sales contributes as to their group value contribution as to how many of those rooms were group, inspired by common use space and or just group blocks for other things. And these are the definitions that define the opportunity of revenue. Okay, if our occupancy was 80% and our ADR was $200 and our length of stay was two days, that's our total transaction per reservation. We have a total inventory of 10,000 room nights or 10,000 rooms for the month of, and this is our projected revenue goal based on that occupancy and that ADR and that length of stay for our total inventory. Sounds pretty factual. That's how usually these conversations go. That's your revenue potential. And then from that top line discussion, comes down all the process of how much can we spend on housekeeping labor? How much can we spend on food costs? How much can we spend? Because you have your fixed costs in there as well. Your your mortgage notes and your franchise fees and whatever else, if you're paying those kind of things, um, that are all a part of the dilution of that top line revenue number. I propose in our conversation of technique today that you can help to find those top line revenue goals with just market data. And how to do that and you say, wait a minute, where's revenue coming in this? Oh, they, they can look to validate it. They can look to argue it. They can look to either uh, put a granular point to a particular segment of it or not. But in all honesty, they are forensic data keepers that look at it as a means of modality for future growth goals. And we know how budgets work, which we'll be coming into, again, as always, budget season in August of this year. Where you look at what are we going to have to increase as our overall revenue goals, and then it's left to everybody else to figure out how to make those numbers scrunch into the same bag that they use from last year's numbers. So, what do I mean by helping to define top-line revenue goals with just marketing data? We can, through the data we're gathering, not only from our website engagements and the new usages of the multi-dimension capabilities of GA4, but also from our other source channels, the referral platforms of our ad campaigns in Google, our campaigns in Bing, our ad campaigns in Facebook, our ad campaigns on uh, OTT TV, whatever those sources of revenues are, and also walk-ins and also groups and also contracts and everything else, we can determine what we can solicit as demand from those channels to know what our revenue potential is should we exercise that knowledge. So let me take a case in point. This is an old example that I've given before. It is the tried and true. We'll get to the hyper cool stuff about our persona stuff in just a second. In our web analytics, we know geographically when people are looking at our website. We also know the time and date that they are looking at our website. And with any sort of fortitude, even in universal analytics, tracking the dates that they were putting in to our website to know what interest of time they were looking for. So think about all those combinations. I know where you're from. I know what date you're looking, and I know what date you're looking for. Okay. From a marketing perspective, that means if I wanted to look for markets of high demand or 
worthy uh, of demand levels, like a threshold, I would take that data and put it into a nice engagement platform. I think a couple weeks ago in our podcast, we talked about BI tools, Tableau being one of them. We did this in Tableau, to be honest with you. And we made this really graphic map chart of the United States, and we heat mapped it according to demand, according to the dates we selected in a slider to the size. Like, hey, I want to know who is looking for uh, July stays with us. So I moved the little slider over to July. And the heat map changes to show the traffic by geography that was looking at dates that landed in July. Huh. So now I have a heat map that says, wow, Philadelphia or Cincinnati or Miami or Chicago or whatever is uh, there were people, a lot of people on those three. Those were the top three. Okay, let's say um, that are looking for stays here in July. Huh. Okay. Now other data that marketing has. I know uh, my Google ad history and I know that uh, there's a volume of traffic on Google ads. And we have a volume of engagement from Google Ads, click through. And we have a conversion from that click through. Okay. So I know that if I were to take that data along with any other channels that contributed to July historically and also currently, then I know that if I spent, if I, if, if I spent um, a dollar on Google Ads and I'm getting a 10 to 1 return on Google Ads, I'm making these numbers up for math, easy math. Okay, then I know that if I spent ten dollars, I'd make a hundred dollars. If I spent a hundred dollars, I'd make a thousand dollars. If I spent a thousand dollars, I'd make ten thousand dollars. So forth and so on. So, how does that translate? Well, going to the same numbers that revenue management uses, what is my ADR for July? Say it's two hundred dollars. Okay, what's the average length of stay? Two nights. So it's four hundred dollars total for the reservation. Okay. So if my total inventory is ten thousand nights, which is a very low number, but let's just make it of the whole month. Um, and I know that if I can spend a certain amount of money in this channel and it gets me this money in return and transactions, transaction count, then I can figure out how much money I need to spend in Google Ads to generate as much demand as that channel will give me for the interest in July. But what, how do I do that? Well, I look at where I'm going to market. I mean, I need to, I need to know where that yield lands. Well, at the three cities I just mentioned, on that information first about geography looking for dates in July. I see that these three cities, Google Ads runs at a certain cost and a certain conversion. So I just have to math how much more money I need to put in those channels to drive that much more incremental business from those channels, from those markets for that existing interest in July. What's the problem with that simple math? Well, there's a diminishing value of return. You can reach a plateau that no matter how much more money you spend at it, it's not generating its equal value in revenue from it. It's diminished value. So not, it's not as easy as just, well, let's just amp up the spend on that channel until we get everything we want from it. It's, not, it's going to reach a threshold of saturation, and that goes from total traffic numbers. That's your limit. That's your ceilings, percentage of voice. It gets very expensive to incrementally increase your voice in that market. Uh, OTAs do a very good job of it because they can provide a tremendous amount of funds to show up so predominantly in that market so that they represent themselves in front of more people than we could probably afford to do so because they have more to sell. They're just not selling our hotel. They're selling every hotel in that market. So with, there's a diminished value of return. So you have to look at the other channels of contribution, your email campaigns, your CRM systems, your, your social, your social organics, your social paid, obviously, your OTT advertisement, whatever it is, and see what is the ratio relationship between them for these markets that have obviously high demand of interest in the dates that you're looking to expand your revenue from. 
So how does this all make top line revenue work? Well, from this perspective, this, this straightforward perspective, I know that these channels can provide the revenue sources in the proper combination. But here's where, again, we reach another wall. And that is, how do we define what we use those channels for? Obviously, the production can be relevant to specials or promotions or seasonal efforts or event-driven. July 4th would be an event-driven thing. Yes, but we don't have infinite numbers, unconstrained demand inventory to sell for July 4th. And if we're already going to be sold out for July 4th at high rate, we're not really promoting July 4th at directly as a booking. We're, we're going to use that traffic data to solicit other bookings, but we don't have any inventory to sell on July 4th because we're already pretty much maxed out on selling out. So using that has its limitations as well. We might be artificially looking at demand in July because it's all around in a heavy event of July 4th. We have to understand the data we're looking at. So now we're getting into the interesting why we brought up the tools of PowerPersonas.com and Delve.ai. You need to refine who you're talking to and for the purpose of the travel that they would be interested in for the dates that you're looking to optimize. In our case of July as our example, look at who comes in historically with the data from something like Delve.ai. Look at who's looking at your website right now and what is it that they're looking for. If you already know from doing a persona with your team, like we talked about in the tools section of selecting July instead of December, then you can say, well, these are the people that we see historically coming in in July. Their families, uh, usually kids are about five to seven, maybe upwards of 11. They're all about the fireworks display that's in town, whatever have you. They're out to go over and make a nice summer vacation out of it. Their length of stay is usually about five, many days, whatever it is. And we notice historically, when we look at that data, we can see once we have that persona built, what their average ADR is. Are they price conscious? Now, I'm going to kind of spoiler alert our topic of the show review today. Our show today was about how to define your guest travel budget to know what you can sell. It's kind of a symbiotic relationship to our podcast discussion today. We talked about the fact that people build their travel on fundamentally a couple of things, which is their income and how much of their income they dedicate towards travel. On average, and I'm talking about domestic U.S., it's around 10% of gross income for a family is spent towards all of their travel plans for the year. Their annual income, 10% of that, up or down, usually around there. They usually spend that monies on two primary travel events. One is holiday-based and one is seasonal-based. Holiday-based go around Mother's Days and Easter's and uh, Christmases and Thanksgivings. Those are usually the four highest ones. Seasonally based, usually go around summer vacations or spring breaks because of the aspect of the types of travel that those seasons usually demand. Now, obviously, winter resort destinations have a different metric of seasonality as well. So keep everything with a grain of salt that doesn't apply just to everybody for everything. But from a metrics of U.S. domestic travel, 10% of gross income goes towards travel, usually divide up in two large travels, one of which dominates the other by a ratio of two-thirds to one-third, and that's usually the seasonal travel dominates the holiday travel. Why? Because the duration of stay is usually longer. Seasonal travel will go for a spring break or a summer vacation that requires multiple days, usually seven to ten days. Why seven to ten? Because they usually end cap their week off of work with the weekend prior and the weekend post. So in the travel discussion for travelers, they are faced with four primary costs to their travel expenses. Transportation to get to wherever they want to go, accommodations of while they're in the place that they want to go, the cost of food for them while they're getting there and also while they're there, and the cost of entertainment of what they do while they're there. 
Those are the four primary categories. Of course, everything can be segmented and there can be additions and subtractions, what have you, but that's the four primary core components of travel expenses. All of those four have to fall under the umbrella of of the two-third, one-third rule of what they tend to spend their traveling on for their gross income of 10% that they spend towards. Right now, and this throws in our news link of what we're going to be doing. We'll talk about it real quickly. Uh, the amount of monies that U.S. people are willing to spend right now for summer vacation has gone up to a little over $3,000. On average, when you do averages for everybody, you get dulled numbers because you have to include everybody in. So there's a bell curve. There's people that spend a lot more. There's people that spend a lot less. And there's people that spend a lot different. That's the problem with when you homogenize too many numbers is you get averaging that doesn't get as helpful as it could potentially do. All of this being said, around $3,000. So now you look at what is your ADR for what you're thinking at the distance of time that they're wanting to stay for the demographics that you know are staying for your place. If all of what I said is similar to what you do, then you have a family of four coming in that's going to spend on average five to six nights with you. Depending on how they got with you, drive or fly and all that. We're not going to get that. That actually was in the live show. We broke that down in the live show. We talked about the cost of flights versus the cost of, of gas for road trips, the distances of road trips, the refills, the how far do they go if it's just a one-day trip, how far do they go if they stay overnight on the process of getting to you. We talked all about that in the live show. Incredibly helpful to break that down. Don't have the time in the podcast today to do that, only to refer to the fact that we did that in the live show. Going back to our technique discussion... Okay, if we're not bouncing around like a ping pong already, and that is how to calculate your top line revenue. If you are the accommodations factor and you know these factors exist for you, the people that demographically are coming in, because on a persona level, these are your people. They are the family with two kids, no older than nine. They're of a certain age themselves to have kids of that age. Their income is averaging out to the age of what that median age would be normally, usually seventy to $100,000 family income for the middle uh Income brackets of people, 10% of that's 7,000. Most likely their seasonal travel is going to be 3,000 or more because of that. Then the uh, splitting between accommodations and travel, if they're, if it's a fly-in market, you know that there's a certain cost to get to your market. If it's a drive market, there's a certain cost based on gas prices. You know how much food average costs, and there is an average per head, per person, per day that's calculated by the U.S. Tourism Board of roughly $27 per head, per person, per day. Uh, you calculate it out against the number of stays that they're staying with you, and you get an idea how much money is left over in their budget for accommodations. And you see how that lands on the ADR that you're asking for the duration you know that they're staying, for the time of the month that they're looking to stay for, against all the other costs that you think they're going to be impacting their budget based on their average income from the persona you make. Remember, the persona helps you identify the actual ability financially these people if that's a criteria which in this case our discussion is of how much they can roughly spend with you you can price yourself out of it or you can price yourself into it but if you calculate that if you made a correct adr assessment for the marketing you look for for the duration of stay that they're looking to do because that's the the, the personas of the people that stay with you in the duration in this example july from the distance that they're coming from, for the duration they're staying with you, for the family composition that they're doing, then you can calculate based on that, going back to our earlier example about the channels of contribution that July had historically and the conversion values of those channels. And if you increment the amount of money you're spending towards those channels as to how you can leverage the variance that they can produce for you, 
You know how much you can spend on those marketing channels to increase it to the level of the revenue that you need that you can generate for that month based on the occupancy that you have available that you're trying to sell. So in other words, full circle to our topic of technique, how you can define top line revenue goals with just marketing data. And yes, we did do a little bit of a spoiler alert on the uh, topic of our live show, which was how to define your guest travel budget to know what you can sell. And yes, we also did a spoiler alert on our news article that is in our show notes. You can go see it in more of its entirety from uh, htrends.com, which was America Keep Travel Option Open This Summer, according to 2023 IPSOS Holiday Barometer. And these numbers we talked about came from that article as well. Again, show notes, links in it always. As well, also links to the tools that we mentioned in our tool discussion today, which was PowerPersonas.com and Delve.ai. So that, remember, you can find us on Google Play, Apple, iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. The list goes on 39 podcast platforms and counting, including all the skill platforms of Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, and Siri. Just ask them to play the Hospitality Marketing Podcast, and they will. No matter which one you watch or listen to, Please leave us a comment and a rating that not only helps other people discover us, but also gives us the feedback and insights that we always appreciate knowing that we're giving you the content that you are interested in. Uh, and of course, if this is your first time hearing the podcast, by all means, smash that subscribe button on whatever of the 39 platforms you discovered us on and get us on our weekly podcast broadcast, which we do. Also, should you ever want to go back, not just on our podcast page, but in general, all of our podcasts and live shows, you can go to our Forever I Love Lucy rerun show platform called HospitalityChannel.tv. There you'll have all of our old live shows organized by co-hosts, topics, data broadcast, what have you, and also all of our podcasts, plus also all of show note contents and so forth and so on. Of course, if you watch our live show, which is always available 1130 a.m. Eastern on Fridays, U.S. time, um, you can go to watch our This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the live show. Uh, that is broadcast live on Roku TV, Amazon TV, Google TV, Apple TV, Samsung TV. Um, it's a channel you can go look. There's paid platform afterwards that you can go look at it as well. But the live show is always broadcast there. We're in 209 countries broadcasting with that. And we also have simulcasting on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, that's in 39 countries. And we also do translation to this podcast in the 11, top 11 languages of, uh, the, of the global audience that we have. So if I talk too fast, which does have its tendencies, uh, if your English is not your native language, then at least you can most probably uh, see one of our, trans, our closed captioning translations down below to help understand uh, the pace at which I'm speaking of. Uh, as always, you can join us if you're a hospitality marketing professional in our peer group, hospitalitymarketing.club. Uh, but until next week, my name is Lauren Gray. I thank you for the privilege of your time and look forward to talking to you next week. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show 407, brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing and in support of the HSMAI, Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, all right reserved copyright 2023. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. 
Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.